This show is part of the Darkmore Podcast Network. To join our community Discord or see more content from our members, visit darkmorepodcasts.com. My name is Steven, and I play Ulrich Orman, a gnome ranger, hexblade warlock, and chief arrow of the Warden Scout in Nui Satalos. And this is Advantage. The Unknown Associates received wonderful news. Thanks to the dubiously moral efforts of Ulrich, Morlinde, and Elder Falthide, Lieutenant Colonel Erica Tri's court-martial charges have been dropped. Together, they celebrated with beverages and made plans for their future. The Unknown Associates and Maylin have decided to journey into the Springwood in search of the Geldrum family signet ring, a key to unlock Alaris's puzzle box. Out of character, some of the cast got a little drunky while recording 2.43, and that intoxication has carried over a little. Just a little. Anyway, that's where we'll pick up. I'm already recording because I am ready. Ian, I'm so glad you're here for this, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) All right, you ready? Yeah. Yep. One, two. Wait, 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 no, 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 wait. God, damn it! You always stop. You always count down for a recording and then count down for a clap. Three, two, one, record. Three, two, one, clap. Yes. I'm wait. I now I'm recording because you. I didn't realize we were recording. No, no, no. We stopped. We stopped doing that. We stopped doing <laughs> the double countdown. Because we know to hit the record button whenever in in a general portion of time. Well, I'm now okay. recording and ready All for right. class. Here we go. <laughs> this is the real one. And you want me to count down, Stephen? Three, two, yes. one. Okay. For Stephen this time. Three, two, one. We're going to hard cut to the next day. <laughs> and after a greasy hangover breakfast and saying goodbye to Elder Fallhide and Lieutenant Colonel Try on their journey south, the four of you and Maylin hit the road that afternoon. You follow the trader's path east. It is only a half day's walk to the edge of the Springwood. Its canopy is dense, filtering sunlight through hundreds of leaves. It is both purple and golden at the same time like the sky at sunset. You're stuck between two wagons from Zadal. There's a sleepy dragonborn driving a slow cart filled with bags of cornmeal and grains. On every bump, a little more spills out of a torn bag and onto the road. Behind you is an intimidating canopy of soldiers. Their uniforms are a seafoam green with deep Vs and wear a Zadalian insignia. The uh, dual leather suspender dagger holders and beefy arms uh, and stern expression suggest some flavor of special operations unit. Morlinde, you see an occasional wagon of logs uh, headed in the opposite direction as you back to the Azure Keep. 
And this strikes you as strange, considering that you feel an air of uh, divine significance in this place. Where did they come from? And like, surely the Springwood would have some sort of legal protection against logging operations. Why do people think it's acceptable to cut down those trees? And, and what are they using for them for? Just like normal buildings? Do they have religious significance or spiritual significance? I have some weird feelings about the idea of any of those trees being cut down for any reason other than building some sort of like monument to honor a spirit, but like there there shouldn't be any reason. You say that out loud? Uh, of Alaris, I, I I might ask, uh, what is their use of the uh, of that wood? Those should have spiritual significance. Yeah. It's probably just building materials. Like I mean, like really tall trees are very hard to come by for building like large buildings yeah but they'll run out real soon won't they if they continue to well you know you i mean you do it conservatively like the pandemonium has full restriction mm. on probably which logs get cut and which logs don't probably i don't um, trust those guys for a second maylin says Morlinde, using wood as your primary resource for building provided that you like replant is actually like the most sustainable choice but are they i don't know i'm not from here but it is like a far more sustainable choice than uh like smelting steel framing yeah or no that's using true stone. mining I, we've seen how mining is it, it, it can really negatively the, uh the northern route of know. the trader's we'll path cuts there. through the center of the spring yeah, wood I have very generations ago so a long time ago the silver wait. band ceded a right-of-way to the empire in order to sit a representative on the court of light also morlinde um i don't think these trees are actually from the Springwood. I think they're being carted from Avandra's Cross, um, the next town okay. over from their forest and just through this forest. Because the, the Springwood is technically considered protected lands. Protected by whom? Like a national forest type thing, like a national park. I guess, like, which, which nation? Like, just. The Pandominion. Okay. I mean, like, that should seem obvious, but I wanted to make it clear. I mean, I guess it could be just protected by the elves well, themselves. Well, that's, that's what but... I was getting at. I didn't know if the elves had their own, like, enclave or whatever. At least they're still finding ways to trade with Sadal, so. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. I just. I, I felt weird about it. I don't know. Well, I understand, and we'll see when we get there as well. I, I will feel better when I get there. I hope I feel the same. <laughs> Alaris, you know that it's a two days walk from the Azure Keep in the city of Avandra's Cross. And there is a common stopover point in the middle of the forest, uh, just a wide spot named Sentry, which is guarded by a group called the Night Watch. That's with a K, Knight Watch. Ah, funny. So it's different than the other one? <laughs> than the, yeah, the regular Night Watch, you know, like when the sun goes down? I don't know. The, the Game of Thrones one. IDK. Oh, I, I don't know. I've, I have I don't watch Game of Thrones. You're not missing much. Anyway. Really, I'm just hoping that I can find someone that has a family ring for this dang puzzle box. Wait, what? <laughs> you have a puzzle box? Says Maylin. Yeah. Didn't we meet somebody with like a ring? I, I didn't. Alright. Sarah, you're drunk. Yes. Alright. Are you guys still like it's our it's afternoon. We had a greasy breakfast and we've been traveling for a while. I'm okay. Are you good, Mortalin Day? Says um, I didn't sleep as much as I would want and I, I probably should have eaten more for breakfast. 
is is where we currently are at. I'm I'm really trying to hydrate and, and get my head back in the game, but I am currently not at one hundred percent. But I am working towards it. I'm less than four feet tall. Bear that in mind, please. I am both less than four feet and not a dwarf. Alaris, what was this you were saying about the ring? Yeah. The, I have this puzzle box, right? I've been trying to figure out how to open it. I remember we went to like a puzzle shop along like about a month ago. Um, and uh, they told me if I could find a family, like a signet ring, then I could put it in the side of this and it would, that's, that's how I, I have to do the seven letters. letter code and then put the ring in and then it'll open. I get whatever's inside it. Alaris, you wouldn't believe what happened to us on that rainy, horrible day. Yesterday? We ran into someone who has the same last name as you. Yes. Yesterday? Yes, it feels like ages ago, but it was actually yesterday. But when alcohol is involved in the evening, it, it, it stretches time. Time is an illusion anyway. Um, <laughs> time is an illusion. It's made up. We made it up. But what I'm saying is we met someone with the same last name as you. Really? Yeah. Why didn't you tell me that sooner? Because I was wasted. I wish I would have known. Look, okay, so there's this there's this person, and they have the same last name as you, and they have a ring, and they are back in town. <laughs> oh, God, they're back in town. Huh. Well. Um, Alric. Okay, then. Call me. Uh. And they have a ring. I remember this. No, your cousin who knows where it is. And I met him because I was fighting with these giant freaking cockroaches like two days ago when you were over here talking to the general about whatever you were talking about. Did he tell you where the ring is? Some other cousin has it. Do you know what that cousin's name is? I'm sure I could remember it once I am not a hungover piece of shit. Give me a history check, Ulrich and Morlande. It's a seven plus whatever, but it can't be good. <laughs> Joe, I may or may not have crit failed. <laughs> okay. uh, ten in I am total. not going to tell either of you. Neither of you remember which cousin it is. But it's some but cousin. This is for Alaris. Knowing that the family ring gets passed down to the first child of the firstborn. So it's always the first child in the family, right? Yeah. And knowing that your father, Elifir, was the firstborn, yeah. then it would go to the next. And the family portrait was conveniently lined up, noted on the back that the next person in line was your uncle, Ganadral. So it would be for... Either Ganadral or the first child of Ganadral. But would it have, should it have technically gone to me first? Well, should have versus did. Is it my birthright, basically? It would be your birthright. So basically. you could yes. come for that ring. You, Alaris, you could figure it out which one ought to have it. Right. Either Ganadral, your uncle, if your uncle has not had any children. Yes. Or your uncle's first child being your first cousin who you don't know the name of right so it should be pretty easy to narrow it down uh alaris you've traveled outside the azure keep before but only with your mother on work-related business always on a timeline you stayed at century in the past and remember this visceral homing sense it's like a knot in your throat that has some sort of direction attached to it your mom always thought it was allergies. Looking back at that memory now, Alaris, you question what it meant. 
you've always known that the silver band lived somewhere hidden in the trees but have never seen any roads or trails spurring off of the trader's path just a long dusty highway you've never known when or how the high elves disappear just at some point they must enter the forest and vanish you realize now that a handful of high elves were within eyesight of you upon entering the watched forest but they have all since disappeared do we need to hug another tree <laughs> again do you need to hug a tree like uh like Takis made you do no <laughs> do we need to do that to get into to haven um do we so i noticed some elves you, you say when we first entered you you had noticed some elves who have since disappeared yeah yes were they on uh, so th we're on a road that's cutting straight through the middle of the forest were they on the north side or the south side the cusp follows the right hand driving system like the rest of the world does except for anomalies such as the united kingdom and new zealand because they're idiots but everybody else has it right and drives on the right side of the road okay the right side of the road but they've they've since disappeared yeah. maybe they cut across you don't know but you also have a homing sense that you feel like viscerally inside your body that is pulling you well i'm gonna start following that inner sense of direction and just head off into the woods you're just gonna start walking Maylin says whoa, whoa 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 where are you going i think this is the right way let's just go this way sure man the right way to what? On what grounds? Yeah. Well, probably on the forest grounds, Ulrich. <laughs> well? I don't know. I can't I can't really explain it. I just feel like this is the correct way. You have like a homey sense. Yeah. Sorry, what was that word? <laughs> like a homey sense. Homey? H-O-M-E-Y? Homey? Yeah, sure. Like word up? Homey sense? Yeah, that's what you said, right? He has a homey sense for this? <laughs> that is 110% not how I would describe high elves. <laughs> They're not homies? <laughs> Alaris, you step into the forest, off the road, and your vision flickers once, as if you blinked. But you didn't blink, that's the thing. Then it flickers again, and again as you go deeper. And Alaris, you remember a kid at the Weaver School who doodled in class and one day they showed you how they had animated a drawing of a dragonfly by copying it on every page of their notebook but with slight variations and then flipped it slowly so that each image is seen only momentarily. It feels like that, as if the world is suddenly being shown to you one page at a time. Alaris, you feel this inner tug still pulling at the center of your chest. Well, I guess I keep going forward. 40 feet off the trader's path and into the forest, you follow Alaris through the dense forest. You turn around toward the sound of the rumbling carts, but the line of sight has already been broken by the maze of trees behind and ahead of you. If you didn't know that you had just come off the road, you would have no idea where you were. Your vision is so shrouded by the trees and brush. Alaris, you reach to move a vine of thorns from your path and end up ducking directly into a sharp spine. Ah. You take one point of damage. Grimton and 
<laughs> Grimton and Ulrich, the same happens to you. You each take one point of damage, and you begin to bleed. Whoa. Morlinde, you hear the shouts of your companions, but see no cause. All you witnessed was them moving a branch out of the way. You moved what well, you see that exact branch out of the way without complication. You see no blood on your friends. You are unsure why they express pain. Oh. Lars knows something that I don't. No, well, Zach, Zach knows, knows something. something. Yeah. <laughs> it continues like this for yards. Grimton. Ulrich, Alaris, you feel shred to bits as you wade deeper and deeper. Mm. It's as if the only things in this forest are trees and thorns. They rake against your skin and tear into your garments. Getting through this sucks, bud. It just sucks. You squeeze yourself smaller in order to save yourself from being slashed. Uh, everybody give me a con save, please. Uh, 14. 12. Unnatural 20. Ulrich, you are going to take 6 slashing damage, and Grimton and Alaris, you are going to take 3 slashing damage, in addition to that 1 damage that you took earlier. Morlinde, this is not a problem for you at all. It's no, no issue. It's a bushwhack, sure, but there's nothing seriously out of the ordinary. Like, to you, this is just what walking through a forest feels like. There are some wild brambles and thorns, a few snags on your tunic as you push it out of the way, but it's nothing to write home about. You hear your friends talking as if they were on their hands and knees crawling through a tunnel of razor blades, but see them only trudging through fallen leaves. I'm not giving up. Just let me in. I gotta tell you, I understand why they were cutting these goddamn trees down. Hey. Everybody, uh, except for Merlinde, again, give me a con save. That's great, because my con is LOL low. That was, a net, that was a net 20. That's a two, Joe. I got a 24. Ulrich, you take... Roll some dice. Uh, that was the wrong dice. I rolled a d10. Um, Please don't roll a d10 at me. I'm not. I'm going to roll 2d8 instead. <laughs> uh, and... <laughs> uh, Auric, you take eight total slashing damage. I need you to quit. <laughs> Grimton and Alaris, you take four. Alaris, you keep going until you feel like you can't any longer. Give me a wisdom save. All right, that'll that would be an eighteen. Sounds appropriate. <laughs> Lol. Nope. Oh, nope. For an 18? Oh, no. You are exhausted, Alaris, but compelled to continue. You turn around and look behind you. Past your bloodied, gnarled companions is a clear trail in the other direction. It would just be so easy to stand up and walk back. Alaris, give me an intelligence save. Uh, that's an 18. This is a test to turn back non-elves. Ulrich, Alaris, and Grimton, your ears begin to ring as if you had been bludgeoned in the head. A stunning bright light pierces through the trees, scattering rays as the light descends 
into the forest. The ringing gets louder like a clenching fist and you raise your hand to turn away from the blinding pain. But when you look back, a tall, silver-skinned fey being stands before you, donned in what looks to be stained glass turned fabric. In one hand, a tremendous longsword encrusted with sapphire, and in the other, a sprig of golden mistletoe, a pair of angelic wings unfurl from behind them. Morlinde, you have just witnessed a great elk appear from a wonderful flash behind a tree. It raises its head and looks at you, directly in the eyes. Its golden fleece teems with fey magic. This isn't fey magic that you've experienced as presiding druid, which would be, have been rooted in the primal spirits of the cusp. Now, this is, this is otherworldly. This is celestial. Its antlers glisten like a silver spring rain. It walks slowly toward you, head held high and proud. Without warning, the Deva bursts forward with its mighty wings. It lifts its heavy longsword high and brings it down with a rage the cutting edge aimed for Alaris. Everybody roll initiative. Um, oh, snap. Wait. <laughs> uh, six, Joe. 22. 12. Morlinde, you're last, regardless of what you roll, so just don't worry about it. <laughs> Morlinde, the withers of the great elk, at the high point on its shoulders, stand half a foot taller than you, Morlinde. The tallest point of its rack must be four feet still above your head. It stops and bows its head low to meet your height. You feel its warm breath on your face, followed by its cold nose on your cheek. It is welcoming. Then you register the words of your companions. Alaris! Run! I will not give up. Get out! We're going all the way. Morlinde, you hear their shouts. Run! Morlinde, run! Get out of there! And you look confused because they seem to be afraid of this blessed creature. Hey friends, it's Joe. So glad you're here with us for episode 2.44. This is the beginning of the Celadrin Saga, which I am incredibly excited to see the end of. The contents of Alaris's Puzzle Box are absolutely worth seeking and are game-changingly powerful. I'm so curious on how the Unknown Associates will wield this tool, not only in the finale stages of Arc 2, but in future arcs to come. Thank you to all of our Patreon supporters who generously give to our show. Uh, we've totally revamped our Patreon tiers and have given much more thought into the rewards offered. The biggest rewards begin at the $10 a month level. Like we're talking about access to my incredibly robust show notes and a special new series we're calling Inspiration, which is like a post-recording reflection and debriefing session 
where we talk about what worked and what didn't. Uh, go check it all out at patreon.com slash advantage dnd and take a look at all the rewards at every tier. You can find one for your own financial level. If you need a link to the Darkmoor Podcast Network's Discord channel, you can find it down in the doobly-doo. Uh, you can easily find all our other member shows, uh, like The Misadventures and Fun But Why, How Friends Roll, Playing Out of Character, and DM Shower Thoughts, uh, all of whom are wonderful companions of ours. All right, let's get back to the show. Thank you. For everybody else, what are your bodies displaying to Morlinde? How are they expressing the emotion behind your words without visibly being in combat? I mean, Ulrich is moving toward Morlinde with the seeming goal of like reaching out and like pulling Morlinde away. Grimton is like pulling out his shield and sword and like getting in a battle stance. I'm gonna stand there defiantly and and be ready to attack back. Alaris, you are first in combat. The Steva is attacking you. Its wings spread out, lifting its hefty longsword high, bringing it down with rage. Yep. Uh, how do you respond? Well, Joe, I have two questions for you. Yes, I'll be happy to answer those questions, Zach. One, is Alaris... Mm-hmm. A fey creature. Absolutely. Would be native to the fey wilds. Fey creatures might contest that, but humans would consider you a fey creature. And we are in the natural plane currently. Yes, you're still in the material plane. Is this creature a fey creature? So, Dave, if you can be both, it would be a fey celestial. If it has to be one, it's got to be a celestial. I'm going to say, get out of my way. I'm going to try to cast Banishment on it. Ooh. So it needs to make a Charisma saving throw. 24? Does that save, Alaris? <laughs> yeah, that saves. <laughs> it's a 19 plus 5, Alaris. <laughs> yeah, whatever. It happens. So Banishment doesn't work out for you? Uh, no, not quite. <laughs> and then I'm going to try to sidestep around this is Deva. You're just going to try to dodge? Not necessarily dodge, you know, like take a take, take a, a big, big old, old shift. shift. <laughs> you take a big old shift in 4E terms and in... Man, what was his name? Blake? Well, no, not not Blake. Uh, Tristel Spellsworn. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Tristel Spellsworn. Hashtag never forget. Blake Boss from Usurps of Got it. Who wrote the Advantage Overture, yeah, which Joe so played a brief segment of right now. Back into the action. Grimton, it's your turn. I'm going to try to get my shield in between Alara's and the Steva. My entire body, I guess. Yeah. You're going to move your body between what would be a bull rush? Yeah, trying to impose some disadvantage. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to give you disadvantage. Um, but I will make you the de facto target of the attack. I'm also going to activate my sacred weapon. Radiant Sword. Auric, your turn. I'm going to roll an attack on this Deva. Just a normal attack, though. Nothing. Okay. We're not throwing anything crazy. Not yet. Not yet. 
Does 22 hit? 22 does hit. Coincidentally, I did not mark this enemy in any capacity. But so it's this the only is enemy just, you're facing. So this is just a normal ranged attack. Whatever you want, bud. Whatever I want, don't play with Sorry, me. Sorry, whatever's on your character sheet. <laughs> there bud. we go. It's a, and it's my a, weapon die is a d20. <laughs> it is plus four, just for like existing. So seven damage. Seven whole damage. Wow. OMG, that's like druid level damage. <laughs> I would like, I would like to hunter's mark this this uh, Deva. This Deva is going to continue its attack toward Alaris, but based on Grimton's move, going to be intercepted by Grimton and pull its attack early. It is going to make the first of two attacks, bringing its longsword down and. Rolling a 16 plus eight, a 24 to hit, Grimton. That'll hit. That will hit. Yeah, I was afraid of that, huh? I'm just going to roll 10, 29 damage. Jeez. <laughs> that is a lot of damage. By the gods, what is this? Morlinde, <laughs> it's your turn. You have heard your friends give verbal reactions to an attack that is obviously not happening to you. Yeah, what I'm seeing is instead a glowing elk that's like nuzzling my face, right? Yeah, it's welcoming you openly. Yeah. What is what is hitting you? What is happening? Do you not see this this glowing animal? Ah! Well, then, do you not see this Deva that's trying to kill us? Now, with that information, what is your action? Do I hit the elk? Like, <laughs> um, Sarah, your options are do damage to the elk. Which feels strange to my current character, yeah? Or you could... Heal the shit out of Grimton. Yeah, heal the shit out of Grimton sounds like the right thing to there do. There you go. Let me look at my long list of spells and find the one about healing. <laughs> one, two, three, seven, plus six, 13. You're giving 13 hit points to Grimton. <laughs> You're welcome, Yessie, here's 13 hit points. Grimton, you feel surprisingly recharged despite taking that full blow onto your shield and still feeling its impact in your body. Maylin is going to shout out, what is happening? Good question, bud. Because she has no cusply idea what is going on. She's having a hard time uh, figuring it out. And I'm going to roll a... I just crit failed an insight check on understanding the situation. So... Same. Uh, <laughs> so she's confused as all nine hells. It's going to be Alaris's turn. Maylin, it's going to be okay. Thanks, I guess. What do you mean? Well, this thing's obviously... It doesn't seem like it's actually attacking any full-blooded elves, so you'll be fine. What thing? This Deva. It's right here in front of me. Um, all right, now you got to attack. That's enough conversation for your six seconds. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would like to use a bonus action to activate Bladesong. Okay. I'm going to cast Greater Invisibility. Ooh. And turn invisible. Where did Alaris go? Then I'm going to run to where it feels like I'm being dragged towards. Interesting choice. Bladesong gives me 10 extra feet of speed. In addition to 30? Yeah, so, so like 40. 40 total? Yeah. Okay. Grimton, it is your turn. You just witnessed Alaris disappear. And you also just took a huge blow to your shield uh, that you felt throughout your body and were rebuffed by the Deva. What a cusp is going on here. 27 to hit. 27 does hit. 
They're taking 12 damage. Five of that was Radiant. 12 damage? Does Radiant even make sense against a Deva who is by nature Radiant? Grimton, you're using the Radiant Sword to repost back into this Deva. As you guide the blade against its Sephiric one-handed greatsword, you notice that it doesn't take nearly as much damage as you would have expected it to. You notice that it absorbs some of the radiant energy into its body as if it is sucking light from your radiant blade and bringing it into itself. Uh, Ulrich, it is your turn. I did spend a free action last combat to Hunter's Mark, my quarry, and I would now like to hex said quarry and approach with my hex blade drawn. Specifically, this is the Sword of Life. So if I roll a nat 20, which is not terribly likely, uh, it deals some bonus damage. Cool. 16. 16 AC? Yes. Uh, sell it to me. So up to this point, Ulrich has been using their bow, and this is the first moment that they draw their blade and you were reminded, you, the onlooker, anyone who is looking, including but not limited to the party, that this blade is both powerful and, like, dark of nature. It's one of those things that, like, you think you're used to until you see it pulled out again, and then you're like, oh, man, this thing is kind of scary. <laughs> Ulrich draws their wicked blade that looks almost unusably ornate dripping evil black magic literally or figuratively let's say literally there's a sort of like wet nature uh, to its existence uh, it comes out of the sheath in a viscous manner yes so like imagine a sword that's like way more ornate than is reasonable both in like what's etched onto it and like the curvature of the blade but also it appears to be dripping like black liquid that like stops halfway down to the ground and just vanishes. That is the blade with which I am challenging this creature of radiance. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't have the presence of mind to do but... anything interesting. So this is just a standard attack. Flashy, flashy. Okay. <laughs> some Foley work for you. Ooh, I did a lot of damage. Ay. 17 damage this time around. So I draw a wicked, dripping, dark blade and slash my foe diagonally to make a nice, cool, like, cut. Auric, you slash into this deva, and the deva, again, still itself blade-singing with its great sword wielded with one hand, carries your attack with its wonderful sword now keep that in mind because you still did 17 damage but it did not take any of it to its body what so what took 17 damage stamina i don't know hit points are a weird thing to gauge yeah hit points right? don't necessarily mean damage points hit points aren't like blood and visceral gut sort of stuff it can be like stamina or like mental fortitude or engagement i see so no wounds have like i didn't slice flesh here 
This was not a useless attack. This was not a useless attack, correct. Okay. The Deva is going to go, and I said parry moments ago, but now I'm actually going to repost, and it is going to bring its greatsword down upon you, Auric. Uh, 16 to hit. That will not hit. Dang! So, like, I come in with this, like, I don't want to say untrained, but there is almost fatalistic aggressiveness with which I attack. Sure. Then I am forced back into a more tactical brain when I have to parry this blow in a more, like, artful degree rather than just an aggressive assault. And to the Deva, it is obviously taken back by your assault. And even though it successfully parried, again, mechanically, it did damage, which means, like, psychologically somewhere in it, in uh, the Deva's brain, it was not expecting this sort of response. And so in its return attack, as it brought its sword down and you successfully deflected the attack, it again was taken off guard by its unsuccessful advance. What, like, in terms of Morlinde's presence in this immediate combat, what did I just see? Morlinde is seemingly like bewildered i'll say however you would describe morlinde's confusion but not direct engagement within the battle can i assume that if i am within melee range of this deva i am also within melee range of morlinde sure that's the first time that positioning has come up in this combat so i'll give you that i'm gonna grab morlinde like essentially on the like back of her whatever she's wearing at this moment Rome. yeah and just like horse collar yank her backwards it's just enough to pull her like down actually actually my downward motion works to my advantage because it unsettles her standing position enough to where it's easy for me to pull her around behind me such that I am between Morlinde and the Deva. Morlinde, it is your turn. So what are you seeing that I am not seeing? There's a Deva swinging a sword at us. So why do I see an elk? Dude, I don't know. I'm not as connected to the spirits as you are. All I know is there is a blade coming my direction. And cut for conversation. Morlinde, your action. My action is, 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 is confusion. I don't want to attack this elk. Oh my god, I can dispel magic on myself! <laughs> Illusion! <laughs> I can tell I'm bewildered, duh! Okay, I gotta get unbewildered up in here. I'm gonna touch the elk, what happens? You touch the elk, suddenly you see before you a great fae deva lifting a great sword wielded one-handedly above its head in mid-attack. And you realize- I was lied to. This magical facade, this veil that you have had pulled over your eyes of this wonderful spectral elk in front of you has been nothing but a falsehood. It's an illusion. And you are pulled into this battle.
This is one of those things, I'm sorry, I, I think about a lot because I remember the first time I consumed alcohol and then played my instrument. Um, not in a live, not in a live setting, but just like at home. Was this a piano? Was this or a drum this set? A was piano. This a marimba, piano. This or? was this was me. Because you have like forty instruments. That's fair. Yeah. This was me. This was me as a pianist. <laughs> pianist. I remember the first time I consumed alcohol and see. Okay, that's a separate thing. I say pianist so that I can avoid the word pianist because that one why would you want to avoid the word pianist what's wrong with pianist i teach junior I love high pianist. that's what's it's wrong with you know that i one. have my own pianist i have my own pianist and we play together every night so that's me and my pianist play so hard together <laughs> that my why. hand starts to cramp that's why i avoid that word keep up but with out. my pianist but pianist as a word is somewhat less cumbersome um, God, I love um, my pianist. Um, but anyway, so uh, Stephen, do you remember? I think I think it might have been your like twenty first birthday, but we played drinking magic. Yes, specifically we played planes chase. Yes, nice. Which is a specific version of magic whereby you play with a set of cards that you purchase from Wizards of the Coast that are. Is it Wizards of the Coast? That's yes. not who owns magic. Okay. Wizards of the Coast owns magic. Yeah. Um, where you have to roll a special dice to change what plane you're on, and it just does crazy things. Uh, Steven yes. tasked me with coming up with all of the rules for said drinking game. This is true, um, because and, I had not consumed I, alcohol at that point. And then I built a deck a specifically point. to take wow. advantage of all of those rules to get them as drunk That's as possible. Hilarious. So. I talked That's about this hilarious. before before the recording. Ten out of ten, Zach. I talked about this before well the recording started, but it's also been like I feel like a pretty prominent thing in recordings I've made before. I'm bad at mechanics. Zach, on the other hand, is super good at the mechanics. So what Zach did is specifically build a deck that was designed to punish everyone else, <laughs> which includes <laughs> me. Yeah. So what I did. So I said, anytime you lose a life, you have to take that many drinks. <gasps> and anytime someone gains life, oh, they get tummy. to give that many drinks. Um, and there's oh, a mechanic no. in magic called extort. Um, and it says, anytime you play a spell, you can pay one mana and everyone else loses a life and you gain a life. Oh, that's no. A, that's a... Um, no. That's a you uh, bastard. What's, Zach, what's the realm? No, that comes from a specific realm. It's the um, vampire Ravnica. realm. Ravnica. No, oh, no. No. Innistrad what? is what you're thinking of. Innistrad. That's an Innistrad mechanism, if I remember correctly. No. No, Extort it's is from, from Ravnica. Ravnica. It's, it's it? an Orzhov mechanic. It's, oh, it's, it's Orzhov. Okay. It's Which is yeah. still Loki the Vampires, it's but whatever. Yeah. Hashtag, hashtag I have a basically an encyclopedia of everything magic in my brain because it's my job. Yeah, you so. you literally work with magic cards every day. Exactly. Yeah. So will, will you explain to the audience what your job is? Uh yeah, I well, before the pandemic <laughs> in the before times, um I would travel to tournaments and get paid or get paid to spend the company I work for's money to buy people's collections of magic cards. So I had to know what every single magic card in the game is worth. That's crazy. That's so batshit crazy. That's so cool, though. Like, what an incredible, like, breadth and depth of knowledge you must have over over that specifically. Like, that's very cool. 
Yeah. Uh, I like specifically like as someone who's played magic casually because I'm a casual player in most things I do. There are so many rules to that game that like anytime Zach and I would play, which means anytime Zach would bully me at magic, um, <laughs> I would specifically would be like, would be there. I would blindly trust whatever Zach told me about the rules because it's such a complicated game. I was like, Zach, first of all, is a good enough homie not to lie to me. Second of all, I definitely don't know enough to like contest whatever Zach says. Like even if you are Zach not is, the expert here. No, even if Zach is lying through his teeth, I still have no way of knowing. You just gotta read the cards. RTFC. <laughs> so I got distracted. Gee, I want to play Dungeons and Dragons so bad, Sarah. Please. <laughs> Let's play D and D. So true. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Richard just got home. Let me say hi, and then I will continue. Uh, She's going last anyway. I drink a lot of water. That's that's fair, but I also have an instruction oh. for her. <laughs> and the combat is actually going to start it's with a flavor like, text for Sarah, but you know it'll be all right. What's fun is that I got all that in recording, all of Sarah talking and recording, even though she had her headphones off. Okay, what? Are we ready? Are we ready? Yeah, exactly. I had okay. to justify um, my rosé consumption, but we are all good. Why? You're, You're doing great, Sarah. Hang in there. <laughs> You're the pinnacle of health. Um, are you wanting to know what what my reaction is to being attacked because i'm gonna yes i'm gonna yes, I do. stand there defiantly and and be ready to attack back hey uh sarah can you close the door so we don't yes, hear yes i can discussing and i can get my online headphones dragons podcast hey, richard sweetie uh can you give me my work my work bag richard <laughs> <laughs> Richard! Ian, this is what goes on behind the scenes of Advantage. Jonah's seen this before. Here, but... Richard! Can you give me my work backpack so I can put my Bluetooth headphones and then we can close the door? This is pretty standard. It's my Edgar Allan Poe bag. You're Ed you have an Edgar Allan Poe bag? Hold on. The Edgar Allan Poe bag. <laughs> I'll just mute and, and holler at this man until we get it. I think we lost Joe. Did anybody else lose Joe? We might have lost Joe. I know. They are definitely frozen. Frozen, yeah. Uh, I hope they're okay. I am, if I'm completely honest, trying very hard to sober up. We're literally the most dramatic point of podcast. Joe made his poor choice to get us drunk in episode one, and then he's like, let's film episode two. And now I'm shit faced. I left all my recording material because, at work. Uh, you can help me sober These up. mics harder were just like a little stronger than I thought they would be, despite what I said earlier on. Mm -hmm. Were they a little harder than you thought? Yeah, they. Am I back? Yeah, yeah oh, welcome, Joe. Joe. They they went a little hard, and so I'm trying to I'm trying to drink water and refocus because like I'm gonna be completely honest. I didn't notice that we got into combat. That's until it was Steven. until it was repeated. <laughs> oh, Steven. And and that's a problem. <laughs> so no more tasty beverages for Steven. What? No no longer taste testing beverages for Steven. Water. You know what water tastes like, bud? It tastes cool and refreshing. And bread. <laughs> 
Are we ready, Sarah? Wait, is Joe back? Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm back. um I'm turning on my Bluetooth headphones now because Richard got home in a reasonable hour for once, which is which is amazing. Um, but I didn't expect to have to share headphones. So give me like three seconds to turn my Bluetooth headphones on and we'll be ready to go. I have an adorable cat and you should all notice this. Yes. That is a very cute cat. LOL that pockets. we got to this like really dramatic event. Hey Ian, later when we decompress this, uh, I would love your thoughts on how I can cultivate an atmosphere of uh, seriousness and sobriety during an episode, despite also having libations to loosen us up and feel good. Joe! And have a good time. I will acknowledge. <laughs> This is the drunkest I have been for public consumption. Oh, but Normally, it's just snacks and, like, about a fourth of this alcohol at a maximum. Richard, do you have your Bluetooth headphones? I, mine are not turning on. Sarah, are you ready to mother Beep. go? Oh, Stephen. Maybe? I don't, can you I don't understand, understand how you can drink four of those. Your headphones are To clarify, I have not... I have consumed three and, and very careful. a fourth of... Yeah, but they're like 9% each, and they're first of very, like... Very careful. Careful. I know that doesn't sound like a lot of people who drink whiskey. It's 8%, not 9 and I have had a hundred... Are you had on Bluetooth on my computer? ...thick dinner before I actually started all of this. Not that that's going to matter if you just drink all of it anyway. <laughs> you're, you're right. Okay, I just am probably not going to throw up. And that's all that I really care about. <laughs> They're completely honest. Um, but that's all I care about. How yeah. has this episode yeah. already been going for an hour and seven minutes? Are you yeah, just, just, just ask me in the morning. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's where you'll get the real information about how I feel. Because right now, Are you okay, I will admit, I'm definitely in the sobering direction. I am no longer ascending in terms of alcohol consumption. I am descending and my body can feel it. I'm consuming water. I'm eating bread. I'll probably eat something else before I go to bed and drink more water and pee. Get a pee uh, pill. <laughs> yeah, I do probably. But like, you're not, like, physiologically, you're not really descending yet because it takes about two hours to consume, to, to process like I don't know if it's like an ounce or two ounces I can't remember but it's a lot so like we've been recording for like three-ish hours three and a half if, if so, I recall if I recall correctly yeah, three is terrible terrible hours Ian if I recall terrible yeah. hours of audio it is approximately one beer per hour uh, considering that these are slightly less than two beers um and that I haven't actually been sipping on this one most of this recording like i sipped a little bit at the beginning and then I, that's when i stopped i can feel that i am on a downward direction that does not mean Stephen is anywhere but i am moving in that direction and i can feel it i can feel okay. my becoming more clear. I can feel myself becoming more useful. I can feel myself forgetting fewer things, uh, which is the important one. I'm gonna continue. Yeah, to no, that's yeah, and I have that's that's, that's fine. It, it's just it's just funny to me. I'm a biology major, so like it's just funny to me uh, to, to have all that background knowledge and then just see the just the raw effects of it. This is the most that I have consumed 
in a while, if I'm completely Even when I consume, like, wine, which I typically enjoy, like, half a bottle is pushing it. Like, I'm like, oh, wow, I really went too hard tonight. You got yours? Um, and that's how I, I definitely feel Please. like I have gone too far this time. And then close my so door. So again, ask me in the morning. Okay, so neither of our Bluetooth mics would connect to my goddamn computer. Y'all have been having that full conversation while Sarah has on mute in Discord been having a conversation with Richard trying to figure out audio problems, I assume. <laughs> yeah. I can't hear her, so I don't and know. And he brought me um, water. Did you get your microphone figured out? No, my mic is at school, my dude. Even though she has been on mute for the sake of our live conversation, Sarah, in reality, has been recording all of this. <laughs> so Joe will get to so hear. So I'm going to have to listen back to what will essentially be just a cluster. No. What you're going to listen to is what we call bonus content. Remind me in 12 hours to send Joe a nice gift. I like your wedding ring, by the way. That was cute to see. Oh, thanks. Aww. That is cute. Hey. Disclaimer. This is like my wedding ring. It's titanium. It's similar to my actual oh, wedding nice. ring, but it's different. My actual wedding ring is somewhere in my bedroom. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. Is the emphasis on in my bedroom or on somewhere? Somewhere. Like, <laughs> see, interesting. for me, the interesting. emphasis was on Titanium. <laughs> like, oh like straight up the chorus to that song. That's now on recording. I regret this decision. Joe, you did this! You let us get drunk before we had the fight. We should have had the fight and then got drunk. <laughs> Fair critique. I will take that. We shouldn't blame Joe for our mistakes. Ian, I look forward to your critique after this episode. <laughs> the critique <laughs> was letting me drink a whole bottle of wine before I did mechanics in a brand new level. What in the cusp is going on here? What the, what the cusp? I'm going to swing back at this Deva. I've never seen Fantastic Mr. Fox, but I really it's appreciate so the what you the cuss actually yeah. sort of stuff. It's very good. Never, never is a cuss word uttered, but every single cuss word is implied. Uh, sorry, Jonah just posted in Advantage Patron Secrets. Jonah's tuning in right now. A incredible Deva that is riding on an elk, and it is a drawing in what looks like pen and marker of some sort, perhaps highlighter on a square halo but it's incredible jonah yeah. thank you for do i have your permissions to uh post this on oh wow the instagram it looks great let's go also it should be stated that the pronouns of this deva are uh in practice they them there as they um are visibly totally androgynous they just capital a in the ontological sense, R. Wow. Cool. Got that capital A. Well, they're taking 12 damage. Y'all, she thick. Um, I don't know how else to describe it. Wait, are we talking about a sword? Yes, we are talking about a sword. All right, with two C's. She thick.
Do I hear an Aaron? You do hear an Aaron. Hi, Aaron. Hello, Aaron. Hi, Aaron. Everybody says hi, Aaron. We love you, Aaron. Don't lie to Aaron. Says Everyone says hi drunkenly. Everybody says hi drunkenly. Stephen wants to clarify. We are very. Sarah wants to affirm well, that they're very uh, Specifically, drunk. a couple people. Are... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a couple people remind By Zach. we, I mean Sarah and Stephen. Also, <laughs> probably By we, Joe. Sarah, she means Sarah and Stephen. Uh, also, um, points out Sarah, Joe. Uh, Joe would like to affirm that. Um, I'm waiting for her to get back with. I couldn't hear you. Is oh. everyone drunk? Is this just a normal recording but drunk? This is a normal recording but <laughs> drunk, yeah. Well, drunk for it three of five. Like Look so what I did. What do you mean it smells like booze in here? <laughs> That's a majority, so that means it we get all of the electoral votes for hell. drunkenness. I don't have my camera on, so if you want to come in here topless and looking hot, I will love. I guess, I guess following your logic, we are all now drunk. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> because of the Electoral College yes. of Drunkenness. Because of the Electoral College of Drunkenness. Are drunk. All are drunk. Correct. Your votes do not matter. All uh, are Arik. drunk. Arik, what were you doing? Attacking the Deva with my yes. dripping sword. Essentially what I'm attempting to say <laughs> is the drip goes hard. Actually, all of the spell slots that I picked in higher levels are things like dispel magic, nothing, no more healing things, but like controlly things that yeah. are not healy. But I um, have, but healing word, I got like yeah. 17 spell slots. So don't worry. It doesn't seem like this is a magical situation at all. It's not, like, it's not like that. Um, but it doesn't feel like a controlly situation either. It's not like I need to get all these people in the in the box because there's one one thing <laughs> and this is what happens yeah, when you're catching I drink this, right? a whole bottle of wine in a weed D&D &D. <sighs> um, <laughs> so this is why I'm going to continue can, can, to role play my character and I... bewildered um, yes, well, how do uh, I get help? Sarah can I give you a softball give me a goddamn softball please dispel magic yes I have it Would... I picked it today on purpose yeah this Great! Is, oh this is a oh magical God, illusion. <laughs> I can tell that I'm bewildered. Duh. Okay. Uh, I 